Uh, when I hear this, I just get little tingles. It's so ominous. Yeah. Like, what a what a song. The Just a Couple Dudes podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Eric Flattiger. And Frank Lewandowski. Ooh, and we're here on a lovely Monday afternoon. A couple Guinness drought stouts with nitro brewed. Oh, dude. I love a good, just crispy Guinness. I used to hate it, you know? Put- I, ne- I always thought I would hate it. I always so called gross. it coffee, or no, cigarette coffee beer. We'd make fun of it, because all I drank was like Miller Lite. And you never smoked cigarettes, right? And I never smoked. I smoked one cigarette once. Uh, I was drunkenly smoking it. It was horrible. Really? Oh, disgusting. This is such a good song, though. Dude. Oh, it is good, right? Yeah. I- just- I'm actually a huge James Bond fan. Oh, dude. Oh, since He's I was so a kid. good. Since I was a kid. And uh, anyways, and then I one day, I was with my buddy Danny, and I was like, dude, let's just order a couple Guinness. I just want to try it. And he's like, no way. The first Guinness I ever had, I fell in love. It was so good. No turning back. No turning back. No turning back. Yeah, it's just high-quality beer. So we're just a couple dudes chatting, drinking some beers. And what are we talking about today, Frank. Well, we're going to be going over some good Netflix documentaries because we're fighting boredom. Yes, people are fighting boredom and they're fighting COVID-19. Yes. And remember, Anne Frank stayed in a 450-square-foot room with her family for over two years. And she didn't have Netflix. Gosh. What so, a perspective. Yeah. I read that this morning. I was That's like, a good one. That is really good perspective, right? That's really good. Yeah, it makes me feel that. kind of awful. Yeah. But How happy that I'm not in that kind of series. We're just wimps, right? We are, dude. We're so it. wimpy. I was just talking to my girlfriend the other day. We were hiking, and I told her, I was like, I follow this website. Um, it's called like Badass of the Week. Uh-huh. It's this really cool like history blog, and this guy talks about you know all these different amazing people from history. And this one guy in like the 1800s, he lived out in Norway's wilderness and single-handedly chartered and mapped like 20% of Norway in the wintertime. Wow. And all he had was like a knife, his bow, and a couple of tools, and like the the clothes that he made out of the animals he hunted. Wow. Yeah. And he got big in like cross country skiing in order to do this. And they said, at, you know, I don't know how they figured this out, but they said he would average 30 to 40 miles a day cross country skiing. It, that sounds really far. Insane. I don't know what. Well, think of marathon. Run one is 26, 26 miles. Yeah. This dude's just like hunting deers and eating rabbits and trekking cross-country skiing so that means he's got those big skis mm-hmm. and he's, he's like got like the tennis through. rackets on his shoes okay before tennis Nothing's existed pulling them though no oh, on wow. his own oh wow like unassisted have you done a marathon no you've done a half i've done a half That's and weird. i've run like 16 miles at one sitting before how'd you feel after that awful dehydrated stomach hurt diarrhea the whole thing now you have people that run over 100 miles. 100 miles. Crazy. David, hashtag they're, David Goggins. David Goggins, yeah. More wimps. You, we, you are, said we are wimps. Cheers to being wimps, Eric. Cheers to being cheers wimps. Cheers to being just We're quarantined. Guys. Well, not quarantined. We're, yeah. It was a stay-at-home order today in Arizona. For Governor Ducey. We're just doing a podcast, enjoying a nice 30th. glass of Guinness. Mm. Was working remotely. Actually, I went into the school today because we're still giving away lunches and food. So, do you have a lot of kids going? We gave away forty meals today. How many kids go? Uh, we like, have uh, like two hundred and fifty. 
It's not bad. It's like one yeah. one fifth. Yeah, we handed it's out like sixty five or seventy Chromebook laptops so kids can work on their online stuff. Oh, they get to keep them or uh, no, just rent? Well, not rent it. Like they hold on to it until oh, next school year. Now it's like a lease. It was supposed to be until schools came back, but school's not coming back till August. So yeah, and again, Eric did call that out. He I did out last reference week. our coronavirus he episode. Did. I Hashtag called it. Being right feels good. It does feel good. School closures don't feel good, but you know I was right. Mm-mm. I called it. And this is the calm before the storm. It is. Yep. It is the calm. So some things are why Corona is scary. Is one, it's ten times, if not more, more fatal than the average flu. So everyone says it's just a flu. Well, compared to the average flu, it's ten times more fatal. It's mm-hmm. also more contagious. So it can spread faster. We don't have immunity for it or vaccines, which makes it, more, again, more deadly. That is the one annoying thing is I, I keep seeing people share like past flu statistics on like, oh, the flu of, you know, 2018 or 17 killed, you know, eight times more people. I'm like, we're in the beginning stages. Of this and you thing. weren't alive in 1918. Yeah. We're more congested now. I'd argue our health is, it's better and worse depending on who you are. Right, mm-hmm. it's 1918. You had people die of infections. Now you don't really have that. I mean, you do, but not to the same quantity. Now you have people die of comorbidities, right? Diabetes, obesity, heart disease. So much different landscape for health. Uh, another few things uh, with the flu. What's great about the flu is we have a lot of research on it, right? Like we have a medicine. I have a medicine called Tamiflu. If I give it within a few days, you can stop the transmission of the virus or the replication of it, and it does actually a really good job. Mm-hmm. I'm actually kind of an anti-medicine person naturally. I just think, oh, the best medicine is no medicine, right? Mm-hmm. Would be great. Some sunlight, some exercise. Some vitamin uh, C. Good food, right? Good community. An orange. But I've seen it personally where Tamiflu works really good for patients. I mean, in a couple of days, they feel better. Maybe sooner. Sometimes, not for everybody. We do not have a medicine for COVID yet. That virus mm-hmm. is new. And yeah. it's going to take years for us to really get a good grasp on it. Uh, other thing is common medications that make things worse. Again, we don't always know the mechanism of why, but NSAIDs, so like ibuprofen makes it worse. I heard that. Basic thing. That's scary. Steroids. So we give corticosteroids, helps with general inflammation in the body. It can give a boost for many viruses, which are prescribed a lot. We can't give that. It has poor outcomes. Oh, that we sucks. Yeah, so a lot of the basic stuff is not... We can't really do a lot other than give you some oxygen. We're using an older medication called hydroxychloroquine, which is used for malaria or for some autoimmune disorders like lupus, and it's having some benefits. We're still using azithromycin, which is a common uh, antibiotic which treats atypical pneumonias. We use it all the time. It's called a Z-Pack. Everyone can probably call it out by name. They, patients ask for it. Don't even know what it is, but they want a Z-Pack. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that has some benefit to it. Um, so it's kind of scary. One thing they're doing is proning people. So what that means is they're laying people on their stomach because what that does is it takes gravity off of your lungs. So your lungs can expand more. It's called lung compliance. It's because your lung can eventually become really stiff. It's called ARDS, A-R-D-S. Uh, and your lung becomes basically like an iron lung and it can't expand. So you're not going to have the oxygen exchange, which just debilitates the body and eventually you die. Damn. That's something with the Corona. Also people... Uh, can debilitate very fast. So go from, you have like a, what's called a cytokine storm, which is an inflammatory response by your body. Like your body goes into a nuke mode and just throws out inflammatory uh, chemical response massively in the body and you just 
kills you eventually after a few more days or maybe sooner. And doctors are able to actually see that within a few hours that it's coming by tracking like inflammatory markers and seeing the progression of the disease. Wow. So, yep. Damn. Pretty crazy. That's a lot of good stuff there, Frank. Yeah. And I'm not an expert. I'm just Frank. No, but you are a nurse practitioner. Yeah, I try to help. So you, yeah, help. you'll be fielding patients. Yeah, I am already. Uh, a couple are. things too are uh, albuterol, like an inhaler, right? We're actually using inhalers instead of nebulizers. Nebulizers is like a machine. Uh, people prefer it. You get more of the medicine where it's supposed to go, but yeah. it aerosolizes the medication. And because of that, such a high exposure, we're not using that uh, for these patients because it's such a high exposure for the healthcare staff and people around it. Those air molecules can be up in the air for three hours. Damn. You know, whether you're wearing a mask or not, right? You have a high possibility of getting it. So we're not using even just basic medications that we use for basic respiratory illnesses in the hospital. We're not using. Damn. So that's, that's kind of a challenge, right? Stuff that people will have benefit for. Usually we can't use. Awful. Vitamin C, baby. How do, yeah. <laughs> Vitamin C gummies. Zinc. zinc. Actually, yeah, I do hear zinc. zinc. Everyone keeps talking zinc, 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 vitamin D. Those are the two things I keep hearing a lot. Vitamin C is one of the first things depleted from a stress response. So it's a good thing to take. But there's nothing at the stores. It took me three days to get vitamin C. Damn. Mm. Yeah, everyone. I feel like everyone bought out vitamin C and zinc. It's gone. Yeah, not a bad idea. Hey, it's good though, right? Mm -hmm. Good stuff. And we are shut down in Arizona for 30 days now at least. We are. I feel like the whole country. I feel like the month of April... Everyone thought March was bad. No. I feel like April will be the worst month. Hopefully by May, it's like half of May sucks. And we're we're in the clear by like July 4th weekend. And in parts of New York right now, it looks like a war zone. I mean, you have, you have like trucks, like refrigerated trucks that are housing dead bodies because they don't have a big enough morgue for people. Oh, really? And you have tents, yes, that are, Jeez. it's showing, again, this, I don't know if it's on the news, I don't think it is, Yeah, maybe here and there, uh, but it's not showing that. It's not showing that a nurse in a hospital typically has four to one or five to one patients, depending on their acuity, right? So you, you as a nurse, and I was a nurse, I did telemetry or med surge, uh, you had four, maybe five to one, in the ER you had four to five to one. You're having nurses that are doing 12 to one right now. Damn. You have ICU that is mandated and legally limited to two to one except for like extreme situations right now you're having ic nurses taking care of five to one damn so the care is not as good you just like can't do that it's rationed did you, uh, hear, did you hear about that nurse that italian nurse who like committed suicide when she got covid i've heard something about i read something it. about yeah, that she yeah. gave it to people yeah she found out she had given it she didn't i don't know something like that she wanted to commit suicide i don't know sad i was like damn i have a soft spot for suicide but Weird way to look at it, I guess. Like, why wouldn't you want to just keep helping people? That's what I thought. I don't know. But who knows what other issues this yeah, probably right. had. But yeah, I just, was it was a really sad story. I heard, like, Italian nurse commit suicide. It was, like, after that's finding sad. out she had COVID. I was like, damn, that's crazy. Yeah, Italy's really nice. Italy's, like, yeah, you talk about uh-huh. war zone. Italy, I feel like Italy and... Italy, Wuhan, and New York City. Just out of this world. A couple of cool things, though, that were interesting is Germany which has 66,000 cases, only has 645 deaths. So they're at like a... Yes, yeah, so Germany's that? doing well. Yeah, they're doing really well. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. I wonder why so that is. They, they have more of a modernized healthcare recently. Uh, they do have an older population, but they put in some restrictions right away. They actually were on... When the, the first COVID case was a worker that owns a couple factories in Wuhan. 
he had symptoms. They tracked him down. They locked him down right away. Yeah. They were very responsive. This thing I always mm-hmm. hear, you always hear about Germans is like Germans are like like German engineering. It's amazing. Like Germans are regimented. They're disciplined. Yeah. Like they're smart. High quality. Like high quality. Mm-hmm. Like they're very efficient people. I know a doctor that's like, that's the best research you're going to get is out of Germany. As German. If you want the best stats, the best research. Like one of my pocket knives, one of my tactical pocket knives, it's, a, it's made from Germany. Mm-hmm. It was made in Germany. German company. And it's really good. And it's like of all the knives, just like that I researched, like top ten like pocket knives. This one, this brand came up as like the second best on some I don't know what poll it was. Uh-huh. But they said one of the reasons why it's so good too is it's like double sharpened. Like even though it, it meets the sharp quality or whatever that they do, they they do double anyways. And it just kind of speaks to like German made stuff. Mm-hmm. I feel like so I could see them responding very well in this kind of a thing. Like the like the country as a whole being like. Stay at home order. Okay, staying at home. Whereas in Arizona, you know, the United States, it's, we're like, yeah, I'll stay at home when I'm sick. But like, uh-huh. no one's gonna listen. You know, like uh-huh. they had to actually like make make it law. It wasn't just like like the stay at home orders like we have is. I feel like it's more of a recommendation, right? Because they're yeah, not fining people. No, Mm-mm. you know. But I feel like in a country like Germany, you get like if the whoever's running it is like stay at home, everyone stays at home. You know, yeah, or they're just like places this regimented like South people. Korea. Did I could see really them doing job. really well. Yeah, and like South Korea, they locked thing. down their country. They did, overnight. I hear. Yeah, they yeah, did it quick. They're very quick. Whereas mm-hmm. I feel like our response here was a lot more like methodical, to put it in a good term, but rolled out in a slower. Like, you know, first let's just stop with the NBA. We'll start there. You know, like. Yeah. It's hard because in America you do have like a free speech, you have a free economy, you have the capitalism that brings innovation and drive and boom here that people, that's what people come here for, right? It's being able, you could turn yourself into whatever you want to do or whatever you want to be, but then because of that, when you have so many chiefs in the, chiefs in the tribe versus yeah. Indians, right? You're having so many figureheads talking and battling each other and like, you know, you just talk about our political arena, right? It's, there's so much discourse all the time. We're like at a pinnacle. No matter what subject is brought up, there is so much argument, and it's not a healthy argument. It's like, it's like displaced and you know dispassionate. It's just not good, right? Like I don't know. I don't know. Like how confident are you, Eric, in our government responding to things? Like how confident do you think our general lay people are here? Do you think mm. they're confident? The Congress has an all-time low. Uh, approval rating, right? It's something like in the teens, right? Yeah, I guess if I put it this way, would I trust our government, like to save, like to be daddy and save us? No, I don't. Nah. I don't, I think, I just don't, I don't see it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I do think, yeah, our our confidence in Congress, the White House, no matter who's leading it, it's like not at its best. Mm-hmm. And I And I completely see and understand why, because they do a lot of shady stuff. And it, I feel like at the, at the core of everything is like big business, money, like what are we going to do to save the Federal Reserve and, you know, banks and central banks. And it's like, that's like number one priority. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like public safety. Yeah. Like obviously for PR purposes, it's like, it's number one, public safety, number one. But even if you look at our response to pandemics and stuff like that, I just feel like, I don't know, like. It's hard to make a judgment call on that, but yeah, like you're saying, I, I, I wouldn't, 
I trust myself and my family and my friends and my community a hundred thousand times more than I trust the government to yeah. like protect me. Yeah, if you're relying on that twelve hundred dollar check to save you, and if you're relying on the government to bail you out and help you, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't hold my breath. I think we're confident in the American spirit. Yeah, we're confident in you know the manufacturers that are stepping up. Yeah, we're confident in the small business owners that are adapting. We're confident in the churches that are helping. We're confident in just the people that are stepping up, right? Helping each other. You know, whether you're at the grocery store and the older lady can't reach something and you, you reach it for her. You know, just simple stuff that you can do to bring up morale. Mm-hmm. You know, people yeah. are... Uh, my girlfriend was in scrubs the other day at the grocery store and someone ran the other way. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my God. She was in scrubs. Just terrified that, you know... Yeah. And maybe... Maybe you shouldn't be in scraps right now. I guess, you know, everyone's supposed to be, you know, de-robe in the, in the garage, I guess, or outside is what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. So I guess maybe there's some point to that. But, you know, to still treat each other with respect and kindness. Like, we're all suffering here. We're all struggling. Oh, big you know? time. So banding together, hopefully this brings back America a little bit. It's felt like America's been more divided than ever, even though... The average person, and I think someday we will have a political episode. It's kind of a touchy one to talk about. Yeah, it is. But the average person wants the same thing. You know, you want an economy where you can grow your business. You want a safe community for your family. You want uh, opportunity in your life, right? You want to have the freedom from the government, but also the support from the government, which is a fine line, right? I mean, I'm not even like... You know, I believe in a lot of conspiracies. I don't. Th- I, th- I don't think you should trust the government and all that. But you need a government. Yeah. Like you have to have a government. Not, you can't just. It's not going to happen where we all just sing kumbaya and get along. Like yeah. you need a government. You need things like that. I believe in paying taxes to a certain extent. I think we pay way too much in taxes. Um, but yeah, I do. I do think that there's a healthy place in the government. And I do think that this whole thing hopefully can bring us. You know, just as people together more, you know, I noticed that people are like, I'm hearing a ton of people talking about like, you know, buy local, you know, buy, you know, get your lunch or dinner or breakfast from a local place and tip them well because they're the ones getting hurt the most by this. Yep. You know, if you know until they close today, but if you knew a local barber or like a haircut, go to them, give them a bigger tip, like help them out because they're the ones struggling. If you know it, you know, but if you know people who work in the restaurant industry, like be really generous towards them because they're the ones taking it the hardest, you know. Things like that, I think that is really good. And I think a lot of stuff that we may not have been doing up until this epidemic or pandemic, you know, we should start doing now. And I think I've seen, I've heard a lot of people talking about that, which is good. Yeah, no, that is good. Yeah. And I really think we're going to get stronger after this and realize that healthcare needs to be, like there needs to be a profit there, but there needs to be a consensus where it affects us all. Mm-hmm. Right. So having enough PPE, that needs to be a focus. And I think that's going to be changed. I think there's going to be more guidelines to where, you know, hospitals right now, it's a healthcare is a funny thing, right? Because we all need it at some yeah. point. We all need it. Yeah. It's not the car, well, even the car industry, but you can walk, right? You need your health. And we profit from it, bankrupt people. It's kind of just a bizarre paradigm. It's, I don't even know. Really I don't weird. even know where to begin. You I know don't what I mean? either. And I know I've heard all the arguments yeah. like against what we have now. I've heard the arguments against the single payer system. I I've heard all the arguments. I mean, like, 
I'm not anybody to speak on which one is the best or anything, but it's it's bizarre. I think the way you say that bizarre, perfect because it is weird. I think it's true. Like if I get like for me, like if I get strep throat and I'm super sick, like I need to go somewhere. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And like everyone, like you're right, everyone's gonna need healthcare. And the way it's set up now is like, dude, it's weird. And then we're not set up for a pandemic at all. We don't stockpile anything. And you're never fully. No, Even no one's like this, fully. We're not going like, to be ready for Corona too. We no, can be, not at we all. We can be better prepared. But you can just yeah. by having stuff like you said, stockpiled, uh, you know, some kind of reserve. I know I've heard people who said they're like, yeah, but that stuff expires. Well, yeah. First of all, it takes a while to expire. And second mm-hmm. of all, wouldn't you rather have it stockpiled and waste you know, waste, quote unquote, we call it waste. The military, how much stuff do they stockpile and no oh, one yeah. seems to care? Yeah. You know, maybe we need to question the expiration dates too. Maybe that needs to be pushed. Yeah. You know, who's, yeah. who's saying these things expire? Uh, maybe that thing needs to be pushed or they're, yeah. In 95, oh, it expires in however many years. It's like, I'm not an expert, but why? Yeah. Is uh, there a way to make it last longer? Or is there, well, that's the thing is, I'm like, sure. I don't care if it takes a year to it or is if it, it was as short as a year or as, let's say, it's as long as 10 years. It's like, maybe as they expire, they become stockpile. more in the stockpile towards the back. You know, yeah. right? It's still better to have a better five year expired it. in 95 than one that, or than zero. nothing, right? Zero. Than making a mask at home. Than making t shirt masks that's that people doing, are literally which is doing. Better than nothing. Or I heard someone say. People wearing trash bags. Or I think that. it was Eliza, your girlfriend. She said in Seattle, they're being told, like, oh, you can wear it until it's moist or something. Yeah, you know what I mean? Wet, like, then it's bad. God, are you kidding me? It's bad. Yeah, it's bad. I'd rather have an expired one. Yeah. Uh, well, there are some things that can come out, like telemedicine's booming. So the regulations have expanded to where insurance is going to cover telemedicine visits. So that's good, right? So people really don't good. have to go in, but they get a professional uh, you know, recommendation and they get to see a doctor. They get to ease that anxiety and that's better. So insurance is a big driver of our healthcare system. Insurance is stepping up and uh, like I think it was Humana and Cigna I was reading is going to cover the COVID costs. Oh, right. Wow. So they're adapting to it too. Yep. And, you know, everyone needs to band together with that. The regulations of me as a nurse practitioner, I'm licensed in Arizona. I have to apply for licensure in neighboring states. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So why? Why can't it just be a consensus across the federal, like the federal? Why can't it just be one? Like in the state of Arizona, I have independent practice, meaning I do not need a physician to write my orders. But I go to California, it's restricted. Because that's where California is. You need a physician. So I'm more expensive to do my job because you need me and a physician to do my job. There's no evidence it's to crazy. say that that's necessary. Yeah. So there, that needs to be revamped. That should. Same that thing like police. Revamped. Like if you're if you're a cop in Arizona, you want to get a job in New Mexico, you got to go through the academy all over again. It's like, why? That makes no sense. I don't why? get it. Yeah, right. Why are we doing this? No. I, I think it's good to have regulation. It's good to have mandates and minimum requirements and things like that. But you need to have some fluidity. You need to have mobility during a crisis. And they just lifted that where you can go to different states now and yeah, practice them right away because during a crisis, you need that. I don't care if you're taught in Alabama. Who cares? It's 50 states, 50 plus with territories and stuff. You should be able to go to the next state and help out. Well, it's a, it's a really strange concept, right? To think about like, to think if you can't do that, like you can't go from Alabama to Arizona, right? Your driver's license works next door. Yeah. So think like, is the health, well, obviously the healthcare is different, but it's like, so you're telling me if you're, if you went on a vacation and got sick and you're in Alabama, you're trusted by these people to help you. 
but they're not trusted if they just brought you across an imaginary line in the dirt. You know what I mean? Like yeah, we drew. It's so weird. Yeah, I we don't. Drew. I don't get it. it. It doesn't. It's not efficient. It's not effective. No. Uh, one of the biggest things. So we weren't going to talk about health insurance. I don't know why, but one of the biggest things with health insurance is that you know in Arizona we have one insurer, I believe, under Obamacare. That's a big problem. You need multiple to make it more affordable. Yeah. We have one insurer. Okay, because it's not affordable to have with the Affordable Care Act here in the state of Arizona. You have other states that might do better based on that. There should be no state lines at all with health insurance. That would no. bring the cost way down. It would create more competition. That is a ridiculous requirement. That's something that would benefit regardless whether you're pro-socialism for healthcare, like a one-payer system, or like the type of system which is kind of like a hybrid, but private, right? There's things it's, you it's can so do weird. that would benefit. And that would benefit. That would benefit a lot of things, right? Yeah. Um, Medicare. Medicare cannot negotiate. So the biggest healthcare insurer of the country cannot negotiate pricing. That makes no sense. Med- so if someone's going to sell them walkers, okay, Medicare cannot negotiate the pricing on those walkers. They just take In it. In Europe, for whatever. they do. Gosh. They can lower the cost that way. There's things you can do in the system and make both sides kind of happy. And that's really where they need to be discussed. I don't know what makes the changes or the movement. Those I don't are, know, man. They, got, they have a really good lobbyist, and they have a ton of money. And unfortunately, those are the only the only people that can help us are the most, some of the most just wicked and crooked people in the country, and yeah, they're the ones who literally write the laws and make it. So mm-hmm. I mean, it's only going to move as fast as like as you can vote those people out. Unfortunately, and you know what was a funny thing is you know how people always say, oh well, Sweden's got it this way. I don't know why we we always we go to Sweden and Denmark. Sweden's so good. Denmark. Sweden's got it all. Best country in the world per and, person. Uh, Denmark, Sweden, and then we got. Um, Sweden right now, what's funny about them, we think of them being so socialized and stuff. They're not putting many restrictions out there. Really? That's what I was reading today. So I thought it was really interesting. So they're, they're not. Just, they're like, screw it. Yeah. They, they restricted Have potlucks. groups of 500 or more. Yeah. That's where they're at right now. 100 person potluck. So Do pretty it. interesting. So it's going to be nice to see what they're going to turn out to be like. Yeah. That's a good, compared uh, to others. It's good sample size. Yeah. They got more guns than anybody though. In Sweden, right? That's the thing. Like every single Swedish member of society has like an ar-15 or something like that do you have an ar-15 i don't my dad does though america right there america america right there it's pretty cool though it is dude when you hold a gun it's so powerful it is right this is so cool i am realistic about it though when i was at the gun range with my dad yeah and i had a 30 round magazine i thought you know there's not really much of a purpose to have a 30 round magazine no, well, no. I mean, only in like a like a apocalyptic sense. I see both arguments. Yeah, but I'm trying to be logical. But what with kind it. of magazine would make sense? Versus, like, I don't know. Twelve. I'm, I'm just saying, like, I'm a pro gun guy, but I'm also a pro. You know, background checks need to be increased. I don't think you should probably buy a gun and get it that same day. Probably should be a little bit more background. Yeah. Right. Well, we did. It takes you a long time to buy a car. <laughs> My dad got it in two hours. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's even faster. But he has no. There's no background. They looked it up. You know, yeah. like they, they still, they have to call the FBI. They do a background check and he, he, he cleared it. Maybe it should be increased. I don't know. It, I mean, it probably should be. You're right. And I people mean, get, again, on this I wouldn't topic, mind waiting. Like if you made me wait either. 10 days, I'd be like, okay, whatever. I got to wait 10 days. I mean, I'll wait 10 days and still get an yeah. AR. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I always bring it down to guns. To me, guns remind me 100% cars and motorcycles and like stuff like that. Like, why do you need a 600-horsepower car? 
because it's cool it's cool it feels good it is so fun yeah it's fun good time there's no rational reason to have a supercharged camaro but it's so cool but it is cool yeah yeah so same thing with a gun it's like you know i hear that all the time people like why do you need you know why do you need a gun it's like why i don't know why do you need makeup yeah seriously why do you need makeup yeah why do you need need 40 sundresses i don't know why do you need social media I don't know. Why we, do you need a thousand just, pairs of shoes? We happen to be that we live in a time where you can have pretty much anything you want. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's yeah. no real justification. Like, a problem you know? is probably excess. But, I mean, I guess, you know, if you look at it constitutionally and stuff like that, it's like, really, you, you know, you have you have a right to bear an arm against a t- uh, tyranny. Jesus, I can't say that word. Tyranny. Like, the tyranny of the government. So like that's the, the, the government, from, right? yeah, the base like is coming. You can defend yourself from a a government that's imposing like a dictatorship upon you or military. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you can protect yourself from the military or from the government and stuff like that. I know people think the well, that was written in seventeen, you know, whatever. I don't know. It still applies. It does. I mean, think about it. Like our government, as powerful as they are, they know there's 150 million gun owners in this country. I mean, you know what I mean? They know people. that. There's more guns than people. There's more guns than people. Like, there's way more. There's probably more gun owners than 150 million. Even and it's like mm-hmm. that. That in, that's a presence. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. people who say like, "Oh, you can't protect yourself from the government." Well, it is a thought in their head that almost 200 million people have guns. Mm-hmm. Private citizens with guns. Like, it's actually, surprising. It's a thing. It's surprising. There's not more. Yeah. Mass shootings, actually. Mm-hmm. If you think about how many gun owners and then you know how many mass shootings there well, are. Well, even dude, you know, like uh, the the numbers on mass shootings and, gun, and you know all that, they're so skewed. Like the the numbers are just so crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, when you talk about like, I don't know, just the the facts and the statistics. There's so much of it out there. I feel like so many people, whether you're left or right or middle mm-hmm. center, whatever, you can you can skew those those stats. You know, and it's an emotional topic. It's such an emotional right? topic. If you even have an opinion on it or try to be fair, like we're trying to be fairly balanced in it, and you're still gonna have people be irate or very upset with you. And yeah. it's like, well, okay, I like guns, but I have a safe. I, you know, have taken a gun safety course. I enjoy them personally. Yeah. The chance of me being involved in an incident is very low based on accurate statistics. Uh, I feel great that I can self-defend myself. I do think there needs to be some changes, and I'm not sure the answers. I don't know. But we've yeah. had a lot of mass shootings. We've had not much movement from my understanding about that, and just realizing that, look, we have a couple different sides. We're not as far apart as you think, and you should want to do something. I did like that from Bernie, is... He was on Joe Rogan, and which was pretty cool. He was on it for like an hour, hour and a half, and he said, "Well, let's do something." Like he's not, he wasn't as as outlandish as he is, you know, on the, the media trail. on his fifteen second clip. Yeah, it's like, well, doing nothing isn't a good idea either. No, it's not. On and both like, sides, and the problem is, it's so it's such a difficult topic. It's like, how do you stop mass shootings? And you have people who are like, "Oh, just get rid of the guns." It's like. Okay, how do you get rid of drug addiction? Ban drugs. Well, it no, it doesn't work, work actually, like that. We're going to have a whole episode on that because I'm very passionate about drug use. And we should. Yeah. Um, and so, like, the gun thing is, yeah, it is really difficult because it's like, 
there's all the there's so many arguments you know i think you also have to just take a second and be realistic about it yeah we have over 300 million guns in this country. I don't know the accurate numbers, but let's just say over 300 million guns. Yeah. Let's say the government attempted, which hasn't been thought out, they were going to ban guns, which they banned ARs before 1994. There's already so many guns out there. How do you get rid of those? I don't yeah, know what those steps, do. how does that look like? No and, you idea. Know, some people on the, on the one side think that all guns are going to be taken away. How does that even happen? It can't. It just can't. It's not even feasible. We can't you know? control the amount of masks we have in the hospital. How are we going to control yeah. how many weapons we have in a house that you can track 300 plus million weapons? Yeah. The best you could do, I think, like, let's, like say wanted to get rid of, let's say you wanted to uh, get rid of guns, right? I think the best thing you could do is like stop selling them uh-huh. and then you just wait a hundred years for all the guns that are in circulation right now to like slowly dwindle away because you're just not going to get rid of them. And you're still going to You know what have, I mean? Like you're not going to get rid of them. You're still going to have the black market. And you're still going to have people right? making them and, and selling them. you have areas them. that I don't know. It's, have it's, really tough gun laws. Yeah. And they still have a very high gun and they have terrible, like Chicago. Right? Yeah, Chicago. Uh, New York New York City, strictest gun laws in the in the country, I think. And they have the worst gun problem, I think. I think it was or New York City. High. It's either them or Chicago. Like yeah, one of them, it was like they have the strictest gun laws and they have the most gun violence. And they also have some of the most people. That's yeah, your other problem. When you have the most people, the most uh, crime and poverty, you're typically probably going to have the worst gun issue. I'm not saying that if you had zero gun laws in Chicago, you'd have like you would cut the crime in half. I don't think. I don't know. That's the thing. Is like mm. my stance is that I don't know. I hate when people are just oh, so like opinionated yeah. and they act like they know. I'm like, you don't know. Like you really don't. You have an opinion. Yeah, it's you just an opinion. opinion. It's just Something like you in, which is your butthole and mine. Everyone's yeah, got one. Everyone's well, and most of them stink. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and we're actually. I don't know why we brought that up. I don't know where we, we got, got hot on it though. We got hot on. That was fun. It. We were going to talk about Netflix it. docs. Yeah, actually, that's what we were talking about because of boredom. Because of boredom. Documentaries. Which one you want to talk about first, Eric? I guess Tiger, Tiger King? King. Oh, Ti- well, speaking of guns, Tiger King. Oh God, that was good. He's got a lot of guns. If you haven't watched Tiger King, I highly recommend it. It's insane. I think it is it number so one on insane. Netflix right now. Yeah, it's got to be number one on Netflix. It's, I think it's number one. And on I actually have the inside scoop because one of my close friends worked there. Let's talk about that for a couple days. So everyone likes Tiger King. Which everyone is loves Joe. Tiger King. Yeah, Joe. What was his last name? Joe Exotic. Yeah, but he had actually a different name. It was like oh Sava Savaba or something weird. Savaba, yes, yeah, something, something like weird. And he, what was interesting about him is he was basically on meth. Yeah, very redneckish and like. I think he originally had good intentions, and that's what they address at the end of the series. Yeah, and sorry to ruin this for anyone, but it's still very interesting to watch. Well, right away they tell you, yeah, what happens pretty much. And he's in he's in prison right now. I think for twenty years. Twenty, like yeah, twenty three years, twenty seven. He was years, sentenced like up to eighty, but originally it looked like he was there for the animals. Oh no! Yeah, yeah, like in the beginning, it seemed like you know this dude just like he went through this crazy accident, self-inflicted, emotional, crazy life, went and stayed somewhere, got exposed to these animals, really wanted to help. And like, he was, I don't know, just seemed really genuine and like heartfelt. And like, he was really there for animals. Well, do, do you remember what happened to him at the beginning? This was kind of very brief in the story. Why he had the limp? Yeah. Because it broke back because he told his dad he was gay. Yeah. And his and dad made him shake his hand and said, don't ever come to my funeral. 
Yeah, and then he drove off a cliff. Drove off a bridge, yeah. Oh, drove off a bridge. Yeah. yeah. And had to rehab himself. It took him five years, I think five he said. Five years and five a back years. brace. And yeah, like can you imagine? Up legs so you're, and, and that, you got to talk about a time when, you know, being gay was definitely less accepted. A way and, less accepted. And in yeah. rural areas. It was very, like, very in the closet. Yeah. And so Especially, you, like, I think he grew up in Oklahoma. Or no, rural, was it Rural, rural yeah. Oklahoma. Yeah. God, yeah. So you got to talk about just think about that kind of area and what he had to deal with and the torment. The guy tried to basically kill himself. I mean, I assume that's why you drive off a bridge is because you're trying to kill I yourself. I think so. They didn't really talk too much about it, but they didn't touch on it more after that. But that was that's why he has like the the limp and the yeah. leg brace. It and, took away from the humanistic factor yeah. of him, right? Yeah. Which is interesting when we talk about the Aaron Hernandez one. Kind of go Same hand thing. in hand. Yeah. Kind of weird, right? Kind of do. And Gabriel Fernandez. And kinda, yeah. What is up with that? It's kind of a reoccurring theme. I in wonder these. why. Uh, I don't know. Anyways, we'll, we'll wrap all of them together. We can. But I thought, uh, I thought another interesting thing of the story was uh, Carol. Carol. So Baskin. you have, you have the lady that created a animal rescue and big I cat thought rescue. The yeah, big cat rescue, and she was married to a millionaire be careful what you say frank yeah carol baskin could be listening that is true she was married to a millionaire (laughs) and again this is just based off the documentary i have no expertise on any of this none yeah but it was just a weird situation oh it was crazy right you can't her millionaire husband just up and vanished he he tried to get two restraining orders he tried he said she wanted to kill him yeah and like his family was like he would never Never ever go yeah. to the police unless he dude had desperate. no options. Yeah. And then she, so the daughters and the mom still can't, or his ex-wife still can't go after her or something. Cause she's got a lot well, of money. Well, they don't because she, uh, they implied that she was in control of like whatever little bit of an inheritance they got, and oh. that she could. Yeah, she could. I mean, Upended. let's think. This chick is worth millions and millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. She has some fantastic lawyers. Oh yeah. I mean, she, I, everyone knows. Like, if you have money and lawyers, like, you can't touch them. You really can't. And that's what Joe Exotic found out. <laughs> no, and he was. Dumb. He tried messing with her, and oh, he was you, done. I mean, that can't. was when you kind of watch that whole doc. You're like. If this guy just let up a little bit on Carol Baskin, not even a lot, like a little, he could he he'd, he would still be running that crazy little zoo. But she bankrupted him. She did, and it was and that was the weirdest thing. And the only thing I can kind of attribute it to is like the fact that he's addicted to meth. As like, why is this guy still attacking her? Like, why is he trying to beat her in court when like? He's completely outgunned. I mean, like, you kind of admire his spirit, but at the same time, you're like, dude, come on. Like, really? Like, the funniest thing is when he started Big... So, she has Big Cat Rescue. Yes. So, he started Big Cat Entertainment. Yes. And he, like... It's like... He basically copycatted the... Oh, no. Big Cat Rescue Entertainment. entertainment. So, yeah. he <laughs> literally used her name and logo. He used, like, the same and logo. And just slapped yeah. on entertainment. Yeah. And then ran with it, and then they let him do that for a while. For a while, and then finally they like were really attacking him, and they're like, "Look, if he had just stopped, we would have stopped." And but he just kept using it, so we mm-hmm. had to sue him. And I'm like, oh, "He got away with so much! Like they just he really got away with I a know. lot." 
But she's, dude, that whole thing with, with her ex-husband, Don Lewis. Creepy. Odd. Creepy. Definitely odd. People saying, well, there wouldn't be a body if he was eaten by a tiger. I'm pretty sure. There would, there'd be nothing Well, they said left. the acidity of the stomach, there wouldn't be much left. Or yeah. I would assume you'd find something, though. They there might be something. Like some. hair, right? Yeah, but like, I don't know. Like, what if, I don't know. Would there be, though? I don't like, know. let's say don't she know fed him tigers. to tigers. So the idea is that she fed him to tigers. If he was eaten by tigers and they just, like, pooped him out, I mean, like, he would just go into the earth and he'd be gone. Like, like yeah. it, I don't know. Like, the, the earth would just pack you down, baby. Well, think about how big. Like, I don't know. I think it was, like, 40 acres or something. How do yeah. you, they how do you walk that and, and walk and it. look over there? Like, like, what are you going to do, bring in cadaver dogs? Like, And who knows if the body's even there? Well, and the it's body's not, far it wasn't away? a homicide case. It was just a missing persons yeah. case, so they don't do any of that. And they even went down to Puerto Rico, right? Yeah, they went down, asked questions. But and like, they, do, they were there do? a few days. Or like, yeah, he days. was probably hanging out at all the you know massage parlors because yeah. he was such a quote-unquote ladies' man. He was a ladies' man. That's probably why she wanted to uh, you know do whatever she did. Yeah, that's true. Allegedly. I thought this is a good reflection on perspective. So the Big Cat Rescue is all about rescuing these cats. Yeah. And Joe had a good point when he snuck in footage and looked at these cats and was like, their cages are worse than mine. Yeah, he's like, people hate me for putting cats in cages. Look at these cages. It's They're and, not that good. And people were so excited for the Big Cat Rescue. It became like a cultish type of view with the animal saving. These cats are stuck in a cage. They're making money. Yeah, on a that lot same, of it. A lot of it. And then the volunteers, so it's all free labor. All and free. How did they dude. get the volunteers I, in? I remember don't. that. What color shirt do you have? Yeah. That right. psychologically, dude, yeah. that is a thing. Yeah. People will, psychological, are attracted to yep. it. It's a tie. And there was one that was like, I'm working all the time so I can get the next shirt. Yep. There was one young, very young girl on it. And she said that real quick. She was like, yeah, I'm working all the time. I'm trying to expedite my process so I get a blue shirt. I'm in a two-year process instead of the five because yeah. I work 90 hours a week. And I'm like, oh my God. I am like this is taken insane. back. And I'm like, I hope that animals are treated right. I don't necessarily agree with big cats or even exotic animals in general. Yeah. It's kind of odd. There's more exotic or there's more tigers uh, in domestic environments than in the wild. Yeah. So in one aspect, we do need them to keep them from dying off. But should they be in a zoo? I always thought zoos were weird. Yeah. I always thought it was basically a prison for animals. That's, that's what are. I thought. They, well, they are. Yeah. That's basically what they are. Yeah. Like, I'm not even the most, I mean, my girlfriend will tell you, I'm not the most animal person. And I'm not the one that, like, I have to have an animal, right? I think they add joy. I think they can be good. I think there's a balance to it, right? If you treat your family like crap, you raise your kids really bad, a dog's not going to fill that void. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think dogs are great, though. I think they should be treated well. I don't really agree with... You know, animals being in cages. I think it's better for maybe rescue because it's better yeah. than them dying. It was so maybe that's good. That was my thought. So I went to South Africa in 2015, and I did a safari, and then I went. We went to this like again. It was like this. It was really weird. There's this one place it was a lion walk. So you got to walk, literally with lions. Like there's like four or five lions that you just with these like like these African dudes with these sticks, mm-hmm. and they give you a stick like a walker, but it's like a stick. And then you walk with these lions like a mile around their whole little park. 
and then they show you other lions. You take a picture with the lion. Like, um, you couldn't pet the lion though, because you used to be able to until it bit somebody. <laughs> so, oh, really? like, for the last like five years that I had, like, when I was there at the time, they were like, for the last five years, we don't let anyone pet them, but you still get to walk with them, take a picture, and all that. And I, which I did, and you pay to do it. But I remember thinking, like, this is really weird. I don't know how I feel about it. Like, I still did it, but I was like, this is so strange to me. And then I went to this, we went to another place, it was like another safari game park, and then you could pay, now I paid less than what people pay over here, um, because you're in South Africa, so I still paid like 50 bucks, but I I feel like over here people are paying like several hundred dollars, and you could pet like baby cubs, or you could go into an actual, you know, cage or whatever with a real cheetah, and pet a cheetah and hang out with this cheetah, so Mm -hmm. I did that, like a full-grown cheetah, and I pet this cheetah, got a photo with it, did the whole thing. Um, but I remember again thinking that it was so weird and the whole time I was at this, this place, all these big cats and tigers and cheetahs and panthers and stuff. It was just a very eerie feeling, but they tell you, they're like all these cats, which they could have been lying. I don't know. They just said all these cats were going to die. All these cats were going to be euthanized or they were like Hmm. that. We, we rescued them literally from like zoos and circuses and just random places like and so this is like a, the last place they'll be. But I, yet again, they were making tons of money off letting people mm. pet them and stuff. But um, it was really weird. I just remember thinking it was so strange. But then my other thought, my dueling thought, one was like, yeah, this isn't right. And the second one was, well, if all these cats were going to die, I guess it's better they're here than just dying. Than nothing, right? Than nothing. Mm. I don't so know. So I guess I see that with Carol's place, right? So I could see it with her place. Mm. And then I could also see it, well, I guess... Well, I guess the misnomer with Joe Exotic and the other places was that he was breeding them for that. So it wasn't just like a straight up rescue. So you might as well pet them and hang out with them and do shows. But that he was breeding them for that. Yeah. Which is like, but then again, you think like, okay, that's bad, right? If you're just breeding them for it. But then the other thought is like, you know, they're going to go extinct. I think there's like less than 3,000 tigers in the wild. And there was like less than 4,000. Yeah. The documentary. And so like these private zoos, yeah, they're breeding them. People are petting them and stuff. I guess that's not right or they're in a, they're in a cage. But hey, they are like... It's better having them <laughs> than not. growing the species. I don't know. Yeah. That's what's the weirdest thing though. It really is. I mean, Shaq has two of them. Shaq has two of them. Per the thing. I did hear Rogan when he went to Thailand like a year ago and came back. He said he went to like a big cat uh, petting place. And he was like, it's really sad because you could tell they're all drugged. They just drug up all the cats. Oh, the so real they docile, and they're all uh, like, Bleh. and you can, excuse me, you can just walk right up and just like pet this tiger and just like lay on it, and it won't do anything because it's so drugged. Mm-hmm. You're like, God, that's awful. Well, they were drugging the cats in the documentary when they were moving them. They were. Remember yeah, that? He's, he's like, oh, you like, got five minutes, and he's yeah. like, inject them with drugs. Yeah, yeah. giving them IM injection. God, which is intramuscular, but so weird though. Such a weird. It is. It is weird. Such a weird and obsession think, too. You know, I watched the SeaWorld documentary, right? Yeah. Trash SeaWorld. And it was about, was it Blackfish? It was. I saw that, that one, dude. It was really interesting. It was really interesting and sad, right? With the Shamu and how the genetics of the one uh, whale passed down to more violent and violent whales. Yeah. And it kept killing trainers. Yeah. Right? That was nuts. And it wasn't just SeaWorld that was bad. It was like there was an other off-brand SeaWorld in Florida that locked them in basically a small cage at night. You wonder why they're upset. Yeah. Right? 
Well, that was the thing with, with Blackfish was like, you learned, you're like, yeah, uh, orcas swim like 400 miles a day or something crazy, like 300 mm-hmm. miles a day. And they're and killers. And I remember thinking and they're that killers. as a kid. They're killers. They are killers. They're worse than great whites. They're insane. Like, they're horrendous. And not in a bad way, they but like, they're just, whites. they're wild animals. Yeah, Free Willy gave it a bad name. We have a very weird depiction of animals. We do. They're, Such a weird thing. They, they are. Dog, not, a dog bite will kill you. A yeah. cat bite will kill you. Uh, I've seen a patient one time die of a cat bite. Like, it happens. That's just a domestic household cat. In in the show, you had that lady lose her arm. Right? Yeah. Because it, it, like, degloved her arm, her yeah. arm, real quick, right? It's insane. Like, these are still wild animals. Oh, Where is so that logic? Strong. That's the crazy thing, too. Like, okay, so when I pet that cheetah, mm-hmm. I remember petting it, and you think you have an idea in your head of, like, how it's going to feel, maybe, mm-hmm. with, like, fur, maybe, like, a dog. Um, so, literally, but as I touched it, I was like, oh, my God, like, this is so coarse and, like, rough feeling. And it, and then it purred, but it's purred. I could feel, like, the vibration, like it's a, like a motorcycle or something. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it could feel it, and I was like, Dude, this thing is a killer. Yeah. Like, this is a wild beast. It's not a toy. We live in such a funny time. So, like, a killer whale, an orca is like, dude, that thing's killer. Or or a bear. A bear? Yeah. We have this weird thought that we can just cuddle up with a bear. A A chimp will rip your face off. A chimp will murder you. Yeah, and they think you just eat, they just eat grass all day. They eat, like, other monkeys and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I remember thinking that when I went to SeaWorld, even as a little kid, I remember looking at these whales... And thinking, I'm like, Dad, that's it. Just lives in that swimming pool. <laughs> my dad's like, Yeah. My dad's like, Are they happy? And or I'm asking my dad that. And he's like, Yeah, I'm sure they are. You know, you feed some fish and stuff. And I'm thinking like, I don't get that. <laughs> I was like yeah. eight. It was just like, That's a really big whale. But then I thought, I'm like, Well, my dad has a fish tank, and those fish seem happy. You know, they tried to keep gray whites <laughs> domestic. Oh, and they really? died. Mm-hmm. God, they've yeah. tried a couple times mm-hmm. to just put them in like one of those sea world pools yeah basically dude and it's so they sad because those orcas they just swim in circles all day mm-hmm. it's like imagine you are a just genetically born designed animal to just swim hundreds and hundreds of miles thousands in a week and you're in a, a literal tank a pool I don't know, man. It's God, and I'm not again. I'll be the first one to say if there's an animal curve for how much you care about animals, right? Yeah. Especially nowadays with the anti like eating meat and all this stuff. Yeah. Which is whatever. I'm not even that. I'm not even close to that, and I'm not a pro zoo person. Like Mm -hmm. I would be okay if zoos went away. Yeah. I've gone to Arizona. It's pretty nice. It's kind of fun. It's a little bit better. It's a little bit bigger environment for them, but it's still a zoo for them. But a lot of it, a lot of that too is rescue. So I guess, again, it's better than the alternative, which is them not living. So Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's what I mean. I, I don't, I don't know. Like, is it better for them to be in a zoo if they're going to just die anyways? Or what do you do? I don't know. It's so Another it's interesting so weird. takeaway from the Tiger King was uh, the cult the cults in the show right you had doc i forget where he was from was it was it atlanta where was he from or south carolina 
the doc. Yeah, he was yeah. Like, had, had his, he was very professional. Kind of had his South show, Carolina. Like, South Carolina, yeah. He yeah. had his show like really well done, but he had workers. He paid them a hundred dollars a week. Yeah, and you know it wasn't a cult because you're technically voluntary. But they interviewed the one girl, and she was talking about how it was a cult. Yeah, like you don't really have choices. They just that. scheduled her for a boob job. Yeah, they just then, scheduled it, and we're like, "Your your appointment's on the twelfth. And she's like, "Well, I never, I don't ever get to sleep, so I guess if I get this done, I'll get to sleep for like two days." God, it's just it's like what? this is bizarre, right? And they sell it as a lifestyle, like this isn't a job. It's not a forty hour a week job. This is a lifestyle. It's like when you're in the military, you're paid twenty four seven. Blah blah blah. The accusation was that he euthanizes cats. Yeah, that was the accusation. Because yep. what do you do with them? Yeah, I think uh, there was something in the doc that was set up to the effect of. After a certain age, uh, one of these big cats is just a bill. So if it's not producing money for you anymore, if it's not a cub, if it's not doing the shows, then it's just a bill. So what do you, you know, it's an unnecessary expense for them. You know, that's, I assume that's how they think. Um, but that's sad. You know, just a bill and they euthanize it. No, it, it it's totally wrong. It's so wrong. Right, it's wrong. And and I, I think my opinion is that it, probably happens because what else you do with them uh to have that many like young cubs all the time but again that's just an accusation i'm not involved right we're just going off a documentary yeah, we're just, on netflix we're just basing this off a <laughs> netflix we're just doctor giving an opinion because yeah. we're bored from covid19 covid19 let's go to the next documentary yeah gabriel fernandez now i think this is something you can kind of go over pretty well because yeah a big aspect of the gabriel fernandez case which i don't know if everyone saw this was a young boy was he was he eight he was eight i think he was yeah. eight years old seven eight years or eight old. yeah and he was brutally he was tortured he was tortured he was tortured he was, he was literally sh- tortured shoved in a cabinet next to the parents bed yeah he was forced to they found um cat litter in his stomach that's and, the only thing that was in his um, stomach stuff like that i mean he was just like cigarette it, burns watched, on his body yeah the pictures they showed of him i mean they just showed photos of the kid like at school and he has like massive horrendous bruising and burns and scars and mm-hmm. i mean he legitimately looked worse than like colby covington after his last fight you know like yeah. he looked worse than like most ufc fighters that do and it's i'm not joking that's like a real boy. assessment and pretty much everybody my opinion was that everybody professionally involved in his life wildly failed him. Wildly. I think that was what was key. And and that was, was the huge key point. Like and it was just the what you saw was the passing of the buck. Whether it was his teacher, his social worker, her supervisor, the sheriff's department. It was like not my job. Uh, my supervisor said this. Well, I tried to help. I made the call or you know, I, I filled out some of the paperwork, but it's, you know, it was just like nothing but excuses and passing the buck. And you're like, meanwhile, this poor kid is clearly being tortured. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's just so evident. It's not, you can't even, have that much evidence. And then and not like, see it. even he his never teacher, got a medical exam. No. That was the key. All you had to do was get him to the medical, the local hospital, have an official medical exam where you can be like, "Yes, this is suspicious, and we are taking him right now." Because what would they? Yeah, exactly. What they would have done is they would have sat down and been like, basically, what they would have done what he they did when he died, which mm-hmm. was diagnose every single injury he had, which totaled 
dozens and dozens of them mm-hmm. they would have found obviously before he died there was way more than life. enough evidence to be like way this more. is suspicious Dude, just, this is wrong let's take him away from the situation would have saved his life well and the crazy thing it just seemed like his horrific mother had an excuse that everyone just bought and it was like his face is bludgeoned and she'd be like he fell off his bike and the social worker's like okay story checks out mm-hmm. what like, are you kidding me? Just because you don't want to do more work or because your boss told you we don't pay overtime? I don't care if you don't pay overtime. This is a life or death situation. Uh-huh. Like, this is insanity. Like, I, could, I couldn't believe it. And it, who, what else really frustrated me was his teacher. Because his teacher, who seemed like she cared about him, did do the right thing by calling it in, getting a social worker involved. And typically, I do see how she could be like at that point, like, okay, that social work's involved they'll take care of it well when you notice it wasn't working and when you notice that she told him like hey when i call when this kid is asking you don't call because it gets worse why wouldn't you at that point make additional phone calls why wouldn't you do more work why wouldn't you hold that child and be like i'm not letting this kid out of my sight until i get someone else involved other than oh well i made another phone call to the social worker who obviously hasn't done anything well she could have uh requested a medical exam right yeah i'm sure that's definitely within her right what she could have even done the school it when she saw him in any of those situations which he came to school and like looking like that she could have 100 percent gotten the school or even herself to take him to the hospital take him to the er Mm -hmm. and 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 be like hey this child needs medical attention and like again, well within her rights to yeah. do that, and that's calling, that's coming from Eric, who works in the school system. Yeah, more for teenagers, right, for the high school, but yeah, still, which oh, is 100%. there's abuse at all ages. Yep, and but uh, like, no, this kid needs to go to the ER. And sometimes the teachers or the administrators at the school are more of a parent, anyways. You see them at least well thirty and, plus hours a week. Yeah, here's right? the thing too: when you when a child comes to school, you are like the the legal, you are in charge of that child. Mm. You're like the legal guardian for that child. You can't let the kid leave the school without their parent. You know what I mean? You can't just let them walk off. You can't like forcibly stop them from leaving. But in the same way, like if a kid ran off school and it was just gone, like you're going to contact the guardian stuff first, obviously before you would like call the police or something. But like you're, you're like the guardian of that kid while they're mm-hmm. in school. So if the kid shows up like that jacked up, I'm taking them to the, you know, I'm calling the, Going to the hospital. You know what I mean? Like Rather be safe well, than sorry. Well, 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 yeah. within your rights. And then the second the kid tells you, like, yeah, my mom did all this to me. It's game over. It doesn't matter what the kid said. It would just be the injuries that yeah. are you. He couldn't have done that to himself no. or that many stories. Fell off a bike. Mm-hmm. It was the world's most clumsy kid in the world. No, he had to fall off a bike a thousand different times in and, a thousand and different ways. The, and you know the different sports and bikes and stuff. Mm-hmm. You're talking scraped knees, elbows. They had the knuckles. Um, the what is it? The pediatric like violence prevention group right the doctor oh, yeah. that created that in the yeah. local community so that he would have been part of like one of the best programs they had in california yeah and, ex- okay, and here's a perfect thing too just use normal logic if mm-hmm. you see a kid's eyes and forehead and ears and nose lit up just lit up with shit and then he tells multiple you multiple times multiple times and he tells you, one i fell off a bike i crashed my thing and you see they have no scrapes on their knees and their elbows, their hands. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you fell off a bike and only landed on your head like it's a kickstand or 
no, it doesn't make sense. Like yeah, there's different stages. Of they the just failed him, dude. It was just so sad. Like, but then also another aspect is you had four social workers that actually were being sued. Yeah, first time ever. Which first is time crazy, ever, right? And social workers, first of all, are not known for being paid well. No, they're Let's not. To be honest, there, they're not. Right? It's like a big-hearted field where they do deserve more money, but they're not paid well with big student loans. Is usually what they're known for. And you had four social workers fired immediately for it, which you know I think justifiably. But then to just pin it on those four, yeah, that you was, know, was hard too, right? Well, if you're gonna say that they were reckless, um, which I think was kind of what they're being hit for, was just acting recklessly by n- just ignoring stuff. Then who else was being reckless? You know what I mean? It's like the sheriffs that went out there. Were they being reckless? Was hey, we're the, definitely you know, part of it. If you go all the way up, so. You know, I didn't think it would stick with them, which I don't think it, yeah, they didn't, they just got fired. Although, but yeah, if a child dies, people got to get fired. People got to be held responsible. You think you're getting another job? Oh, no, they're done in social work forever. You're like, done. Yeah, you're, you're done. right? Yeah. You'll never get another job in social work. You'll probably get another job in anything related to that. No. <laughs> like, you're not going to go be a teacher after that. You know what I mean? No, you're not going to yeah. get, they won't give you a fingerprint clearance card after that. You know what I mean? Yeah, so that's hard. Yeah, so I mean, they're they're gonna get hit. They're, I mean, I mean, like that one supervisor, or no, not the supervisor, the one social worker that got the like the family uh, reunification chick. Um, she looked like she was near retirement age anyway. So yeah, she's she really older. done, you know. Mm-hmm. But these people should know better. Yeah, but what was the load? They had thirty to one. It was something crazy. Kids. It was like carrying like a thirty, but that's kind of how Arizona is too. Is it's that what really Arizona awful. is? Yeah, it's not supposed to be. But um, when I was working in social work, I knew caseworkers that had 40, uh, 40 kids on on their caseload. So can you describe what that load means? Like you say thirty to one. I don't really know. Like what does that mean? Is that how many hours a day do you spend on a kid? Like what is a caseload? Oh God. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So basically, what um, so a caseload is a it's a kid. So you have a kid assigned to you, right? So you get their case file, um, which is going to include like demographics, what happened, you know, all that, all that kind of information. Um, and so like, it's a kid, right? And so mm-hmm. then it's up to you. If you're the case manager for that kid, or you're the, you're the, you know, here it's called DCS. So if you're like the Department of Child Safety, if you're the case worker, you know, they're worried about placement. They're worried about getting them in school. They're worried about, you know, are they going to be in a group home or is someone going to foster them? Like what's going to happen? You know, court dates, crazy amount of court dates, stuff like that. Coordinating whether or not you're doing, are they working on reunification? So like, you know, most. So when I worked, I actually worked as a parent aide. Uh, for an organization that was contracted with DCS, so my my job was different. So as a parent aide, I would have like five families under on my cases. So I'd have like five cases going, five or six, um, and so I'd have five families that I was supervising visits for, doing one-on-one sessions with the parents. Um, but it'd be, and I would coordinate all this through their caseworker. Mm-hmm. But then you just magnify that times like forty. So that means they have like thirty to 40 kids that they're trying to coordinate all this. So what they're doing on a daily basis, hopefully, is sitting down and just super organized, prioritizing, like, I got these court dates coming up, I got these things coming up, like, everything basically from, like, what I have to go to and be around today throughout the whole week, and you're kind of, like, just running through top priority, like, who needs the attention right now, who needs something mm-hmm. done for them, who needs placement, who needs to be put in school, Who's mm-hmm. who's got court today. Um, so think about that. Like forty, like you're not gonna get to everybody. Can you even remember and, all forty? And there's kids. people calling you all day 
long. There's mm-hmm. people like me. You have so if you have forty kids, you probably have forty. You know that's what. But the the caseworkers do have case aides. So you have an aide. So you'll have an aide who comes on and takes over like five of your kids. You ultimately oversee them, but your case aide is going to see those kids, you know, more spot on. Mm-hmm. And is going to take care of the visitations and stuff like that, and they're going to write reports that'll go th- flow through you probably. So like they do get some help, um, and they have upped how much they pay those positions and stuff um, over the years. So like they're trying to get more people to do those jobs as they mm-hmm. should. Um, but it's it's crazy, man. As a parent aide, my schedule was like all over the place. I was constantly having you know families calling you, people calling you. You know you're just going on meeting after meeting after meeting. You're trying to get all this paperwork. Everything is time sensitive. Every phone call has to get documented. Every contact has to get inputted. There's all sorts of, like all of our services were paid for through insurance, right? Mm-hmm. Through like um, through like Medicare and stuff like that. So it's all paid. So like insurance companies, they want to know what they're paying for, right? So you got to, you know, they have all these rules. Like if we're going to pay for your services, we want five contacts a week with the family. We want this. We want that. We want all these reports generated. They're due on the first every month. If you're, if you don't get it in on the first, you're dinged for that. If you don't get your contacts done, you're dinged for that. If you don't do this, that, and the other thing, they have like a million rules. I mean, I can see why they want them, but like, it's just crazy. So you spend most of your time as a caseworker, as a parent aide, as a case aide, whatever, just doing paperwork, like mm. tons of paperwork. So these people get stressed because stuff comes up and it's like, do I put that in the paperwork? Do I not put it? How serious is it? So you're constantly gauging how serious was this comment or what happened or, you know, what's going on with this? Mm. Like what needs to get done? Like kind of a thankless job. So you crazy, dude. Right. So thankless. They don't get paid much money. Their schedules are nuts. They deal with tons of trauma. It's just, it's a really wild. It's probably hard to emotionally deal with that. You talk about you're dealing with kids that are not in the best situation. Yeah. And you have to go home with that. Right? You do. It's not easy. Yeah. And you're not rewarded. Nope. You're not thought of. You're not thanked. You know, there. I don't know if there's a social worker day. And again, I'm no, not, I don't think I'm, there not is. I'm not discrediting, you know, how much they messed up in the documentary again we're just third parties watching yeah a yeah netflix documentary yeah exactly but not an expert at I all i don't think they deserve to be sued like personally liable. no i mean like but losing your job never being the profession and to have that blackballed name that's quite a bit of punishment that, that's what i'm saying that's and a then, huge punishment and then they have to live with that yeah you know like that guy was saying like i did i stayed in this to help kids i i, I want to believe that that's what he thinks well think about those kinds of jobs think about in hospitals how many people die in hospitals because of mistakes right and mistakes oh, all the time happen. medical errors are and what do they do crazy, they're like huh? hey uh there's nothing we can do for for bob we did everything we could do it's like how about then, how about medicine in general let's go back yeah. to kind of more my realm we're so scared of litigation yeah of being sued all the time that's all we get talked about is you got to do this because you're going to get sued. Got to do this because you're going to get sued. I'm in a profession to help people. And yes, you should be sued because something bad happened. It was straight negligence, like blatant error, right? But to just sue to get money is a big factor in the healthcare costs of the system, right? Yeah. There, there's, litiga- there's stuff going on right now that doctors are worried about how they're treating these COVID patients because they're in an environment where they cannot provide the most accurate care and the best documentation. Yeah. So who knows if this you're going to be sued three years from now. 
gosh, dude. Yeah, that's the thing. And then yeah. it's the same thing with uh, with social work. Everything they said, it was always like everything we did. They were like CYA, cover your ass. You gotta do this. Why? Cover your ass. You gotta do this. Why? Cover your. It was just nothing but like you'll get sued. The state will do this. We'll get shut down. It was just you just were operating so much out of it. It just felt like fear, you know. And like rightfully so for for reasons like you said, people will sue you if you don't do all these things. But at the same time, it was like, how are we? How am I supposed to actually help? You know, like it always annoyed me, and I know I need to think about it because I have like I have the propensity to hurt people, and that's not my intention whatsoever. Because I really I try probably overboard on helping people, and that's probably something I deal with. I need to work on, but it sucks that you have to think in the back of your mind like oh i can be sued for this even though i went in with the best intention and i tried my best yeah and who knows if i got sleep that night and i got a new baby at home or i'm dealing with the covid crisis haven't slept in three days and i'm trying to save as many people as i can i'm working in new york to help someone who knows what your situation is yeah but you're wrong because your paperwork and your charting is not adequate yeah. and did not show you know the treatment course that made sense for the patient right or maybe they just there's nothing that you could have done and they were still going to have a bad outcome yeah right that's what's crazy about it man it is it is and then there are there are situations where physicians or providers are completely out of line and you talk about like you know permanent disability or uh you know up to death and you know there should be some and there's a reason why these there's rules i mean when i was working in behavioral health and social work it was like I'd be like, oh, why do we, why do we gotta do this? And you know, someone just should be like, oh, so and so got fired for this because they were, they were just literally making stuff up, or they weren't doing this, and they, and you're like, oh, okay, uh, makes sense. Now I see why. <laughs> you know, there's but, a rule because it's something was because broken. Of some, yep, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But uh, dang, dude, we're already at hour nine. Are we really? We are. Wow. We're just blowing through this one. We didn't even go through Aaron Hernandez. We didn't even get to Aaron Hernandez. Damn. Maybe another time. Maybe another time. But while we're experiencing this whole COVID-19, stay at home for the next month, maybe even two months, who knows, I just encourage people to watch some meaningful documentaries, some good stuff, read a book, listen to this podcast, do something to fill your time that's going to make you think. Find us on Instagram, find us on Facebook. Yep, It's a website to be created. We can reach us for free. iTunes. Podbean is great. It's a Podbean's great resource. Awesome. We're going to be doing more live episodes with more guests coming on. Uh, if you're interested in being one of the guests, please email us at jackeddudes at gmail. Yep, jackdudes at gmail.com. And the D is shared. So it's just J A K D U D E S. There's one D. J A K D U D E S. Jackdudes at gmail.com. And I'm just leaving you with a little more James Bond because there's another James Bond coming out. It's supposed to be yeah. April, but now it's November. Oh, yeah, it's got really? Pushed, it got pushed back. God, James Bond is so cool. I, I, I one of my dream cars is his Aston Martin. Oh, yeah. Like a 60s Aston Martin mm-hmm. DB9 or something like that. That'd just be so cool. I just want to be his wingman for a night. I know. Right? Just like, like James Bond and the boy. James, I'll be the boy. I just want to be the guy that like passed him out the cards. Yeah. You know, at the table. I want to be like, hey, I, I shook his hand. Yeah, I stirred his drink. I stirred his, well, shaken. Oh, shaken, not stirred. Not stirred. Oh, and you know what? If you had, could you rate him real quick? Who's your Who's your favorite Bond? My favorite Bond. Yeah. Ooh, it's gotta be. Uh, it's gotta be Daniel Craig. It I is. like Daniel Craig. How How he's can God. you master being like he's still got like the young persona, he does. but the he can master like the forties range where he's still yeah. seasoned. 
but he's still spry. He has enough hair on his head, but he's grizzled enough. Yeah. But he looks like he could actually beat you up. Because he could. He could. He can yeah. kick some ass. Uh, Pierce Bronson. Does not look like he, he could beat cannot, you up. He cannot. No. He looks like he, Great all actor. he does yeah, is he just like makes love like a champ. And drinks a lot, and that's about it. <laughs> he, oh, he goes for uh, long walks. Yeah, and I'm not. Yeah. I'll be honest. Like, I know people are in love with the old like Sean Connery or Roger Moore, but I'm just too young for that. I like Sean Connery. You know, I don't think he was a good person. He was a womanizer. Well, I probably. Yeah, I guess it doesn't matter though, right? You just like the well, actor for what they are. That's what the James Bond is, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so maybe he's the perfect James Bond. It's true. My favorite <laughs> ultimate James Bond, though. Is Casino Royale. Casino Royale was oh, so it was good, dude. Such an epic. And there's like, so you can call James Bond a womanizer, and you know, it's a prototypical role, but there's what, 24, 25 James Bonds, yeah. something like that. And well, he kind of should be, though. Because he, he, he can't marry anyone, they'll all the die. He does love. He, he that's loves the thing them about all. him. So even the guy He's that can get lover. any woman, he does love. He's like, right? Yeah. Because you're not interested in the guy that just bangs the world. No. You're interested in the guy that bangs the world, but then chooses the girl. Yeah. Because that's what the girls want to be. And then they always die. They do. Yeah. To be continued on the next one because she's still alive. Because he married this one. That's true. He did. He, yeah. Yeah. He finally finds peace. That is, that is true. What a great, we're going to end it right now, guys, for little Sam Smith, little James Bond. And just remember, the writing's on the wall. It is COVID-19. Coming from Frank Lewandowski and Eric Flattiger. Just a couple dudes. Just a couple dudes. Oh, and James Bond. All right. Later, guys. Thank you, everybody.